All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the dedicated show. We have a really great topic to cover today. We're going to talk about data science interviews and data science resumes. This is definitely the session to bring all of your questions because we are taking questions from the live audience as soon as they come in, and we're going to try and stick around as long as questions are flowing in. With me today, I have a very, very special guest, Krish Nayak, who I'm going to bring up on stage in just a second, uh, because as you're joining the session, I want you to let me know, are you currently a data scientist, a data analyst? Tell us a little bit about what you do. It's always good for us to get a, a better understanding of who the audience is so we know kind of how to structure the rest of our, of our talk. But yes, uh, as you're joining, please go ahead and let us know. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring Krish up on our virtual stage here. Hello, Krish. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. Uh, I'd be thankful. Uh, definitely, I was that much helpful to help the audience out here. Thank you for calling. Absolutely. So before we get started, uh, maybe for the one person out there who doesn't know you yet, can you can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So uh, I've been working in the data science field from past six to seven years. My overall IT experience is around 10 years. And I'm also a co-founder of uh, iNeuron.ai uh, company. Apart from that, I also have my own YouTube channel where I upload a lot of videos. Probably I'm about to complete 1,000 videos in just a span of two years where I've been uploading continuously with respect to analytics things, let it be data science, machine learning, deep learning. Um, apart from that, I provide a lot of guidance uh, through my YouTube channel itself. Yes, your YouTube channel. So your YouTube channel, you, you currently have over 300,000 subscribers. and. That's amazing, first of all. Congratulations on that. And I, I'd love to hear your story, kind of how you got started. I think you mentioned this happened a little over two years ago, right? That's when you started the channel. Yeah. So uh, uh, the time that when I entered into probably data science, there were not that much resources, you know. So when I was actually studying, it was quite difficult uh, to cover many things. You know, I used to be dependent on most of my friends who were doing the higher studies. But for a regular citizen data scientist, it was very difficult uh, to actually do most of the tasks. And I thought, why not start creating YouTube videos probably for whatever things I have actually learned, make other people understand that how this particular journey can be a little bit easy when compared to what I had actually faced. So that was the main aim uh, why I had actually started my YouTube channel. You know, that's interesting. That's that's the same reason I started my YouTube channel, though my YouTube channel only has about 11,000 subscribers uh probably i don't post uh, i don't post that much content i live mostly on linkedin as, as most people know uh but i know youtube is very powerful I, I always go there if i have a question which is interesting i don't look for the answer on linkedin i look for it on youtube um so you've got a lot of a lot of your fans here Walid, you know your says you're an inspiration george says you're awesome clearly you know ananda's here happy to see you so guys, as you're joining, feel free to ask us any questions on data science resumes, data science interviews, breaking into data science. We're here to answer questions from the audience. Um, and I think it's it's a good place to start for us, um, the space of data science, right? There are so many positions out there. It's still a very, very competitive field, even though there are statistics that say, you know, there, there are so many data scientists in demand, but then when you're a data scientist or just finished some kind of bootcamp, people still struggle to find a role. So first I want to get into kind of why you think that is and then uh, get into how what, what can people do to actually stand out from that crowd. So one thing that I've found out in this kind of bootcamp courses is like, it's more about like just learning a specific pattern, but in industries, 
you want something more than that uh, probably implementing more end to end projects uh, that is what industries are actually looking at now i myself am working in iron over there also we focus on hiring people who know at least some end to end projects you know we never see that the person needs to be at least 5 year or 6 years experience if the person has the caliber to implement something by its own completely end to end we are pretty much happy to hire him because that is what we are actually looking at yes other subjects other things that people usually learn they are pretty much good in statistics and all but uh, when it comes to implementation that is the thing that they are actually lagging and that is the reason why many people do not get call and the same thing i usually preach in my youtube channel also which has helped many people uh, with respect to that Yeah so you mentioned having uh, some sort of end to end project and i think that that is very powerful and i what i see some people struggle with is let's say they finish their educational part of of being a science or you know whatever program they went through they have trouble proving that they can do an end to end project because companies won't hire them to do this project right because they don't have experience so it's kind of this chicken or egg situation how do you recommend folks go ahead and get at that experience without having any experience I think this is a very very important question. I thank you for bringing out this because uh, let me tell with respect to a fresher and an experienced person. An experienced person can also become can go into this particular field. Suppose if I consider them, the previous experience, whatever projects they have actually done, you know, mm-hmm. they just after learning data science, they need to think whether they can bring some modules within their previous project and try to develop a POC, you know, proof of concept project. um once they are able to develop that they'll get an idea to develop an end to end solution because they have already developed a solution where they need to integrate a specific ai module uh if an experienced person is able to do that probably in the upcoming whatever roles he'll be getting he'll be able to do those kind of projects now with respect to a fresher freshers uh, what they do is that they're very much good at kaggle competition hackathons and all right why not convert that kaggle or hackathon competition completely as an end to end project that that is the thing that i usually say uh, most of the freshers now they know from where the data source is coming i know that they are trying to take up the data from kaggle and again there are more third party apis which provide you similar kind of data so why not just create a pipeline and probably convert that same project where you have got some amazing rank in kaggle or hackathon into an end to end project and showcase that particular information in your resume why will the recruiter not be impressed i'll be impressed i'll definitely be impressed uh, yeah. so that is the thing yeah. that i really I definitely agree with you. I think the the hackathons and kaggles provide a really good opportunity for individuals who might not have that hands-on experience. Um and you mentioned put showcasing this on your resume. So I think it's it's good for us to get into this question um from Amartya who was asking how to make an attractive resume, right? And maybe incorporate how do we showcase some of these end-to-end projects on that resume? So nowadays uh, since oh, you have yeah nowadays with respect to the resume there are some key points i really want to talk about resume okay what all things should be here right now whenever a recruiter wants to see first of all is your linkedin profile your github profile probably you're sharing your knowledge to the open source community probably through blogging youtube channel probably whether are you uh, contributing to the open source projects also there are a lot of open source projects like uh, i've seen so many freshers who are still in college and they're contributing in tensorflow kind of open source project too and uh, if i see a resume which says okay this person is actually contributing fixing some of the issues in tensorflow i'll definitely hire him i'll say that okay you're good at that you have you fixed five to six issues why not you come and work 
in our company probably to implement something amazing yes there will be some tests that i'll definitely take it out but uh, understanding in this way i think these are the main things and one very important thing is that how you are representing your projects in your resume how you are explaining them see uh, whenever you are probably searching for jobs uh, in linkedin probably if the recruiter is searching for any candidate profiles seo plays a very important role right in whichever job uh, website may be right now if you are trying to write an amazing if you are trying to create an amazing resume with all the key points probably what the recruiter may be searching for when i say nlp some more additional things with respect to nlp computer vision this topic that topic now that is the way that he should explain that specific project and all the projects needs to be explained in an end to end manner like mm -hmm. consider the life cycle of a data science project till the deployment he may have not played a very important role in the deployment but at least every part where he has actually worked some liner should be there about him that is the main key points i think should be there yeah and you mentioned words like nlp and i wanted to touch on kind of getting those keywords because right now there are these applicant tracking systems the ats that take your resume and kind of pass it through a system and a human might not even read it ever mm -hmm. or you know until it passes the system so what tips do you have for kind of bypassing that should, should people spam their own resume with you know 30 different uh keywords on on there what are your suggestions now what i would suggest is that uh, don't spam it but at least uh, after after suppose in this week you have applied for 10 companies by seeing the roles in the linkedin probably or some other job profiles then after 10 to 15 days if you are not getting a response try to change your resume a little bit you know i try to add some more things what you have learned in that two weeks try to get into it probably the 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 recruiter may be not being seen your resume even it is getting bypassed by the bot or whatever platform you have actually created to parse the resume probably so just try to play with that you know resume is the main thing if you are able to create an attractive resume once you get the call remaining all things many people are capable to clear the interviews but right now still why people are not able to get it they see that uh, okay at least they are asking this many number of years of experience i have seen a fresher getting 6 to 7 calls and with respect to that i've seen so many amazing resumes they have created and I, at last i found out that resume is the main thing it is the entry level to get into any corporate world no? unless and until it's just like if i want to know about you how do i know through your resume right so that is the thing well personally krish i've not updated my resume in 10 years because i uh, i spent eight and a half years at one company and then i started my own right after uh but i use linkedin i i, I view linkedin as my yeah. resume any new projects or new roles that I give myself these days as in my own company, I end up uh, putting it on LinkedIn. So if I had to share a, a resume of some sort, I'd probably print out my profile or, or something like that, maybe make it prettier. Um, uh, regarding a, LinkedIn, I'd like to add one more point is that yeah, LinkedIn, uh, in LinkedIn, it's not just about getting job roles and all, right? There you'll be able to get a lot of consultancy work also. If you have an amazing LinkedIn profile where people are actually endorsing you for the kind of work you're sharing knowledge over there, probably what I do after creating every video in my YouTube channel, I post in the LinkedIn because I really want people to see over there because many people are more involved also in LinkedIn, probably communicating with the people, trying to see some other profiles, some trying to see some kind of jobs and all. If they're able to see that, definitely people will be visiting you. Trust me, right now, if I see my LinkedIn, right? Uh, from the last one month, 30,528 people have visited my profile. Just imagine. Yeah, this huge. is the power of LinkedIn. And I usually get a lot of opportunities through LinkedIn also, which I do not take right now because I'm pretty much involved in other work. But in my previous company, I used to get a lot of consultancy work, freelancing work, which used to be amazingly paid, you know. 
and uh, trust me like linkedin is an uh, is an amazing platform in this past couple of years linkedin where it was and where it is now right it is completely different because i've been using linkedin platform from past 5 to 6 years yeah absolutely i definitely agree that a strong profile is very powerful and i think what you mentioned about actually posting videos is very important to actually put content out there that attracts people to your profile because it's kind of like having the best store retail store ever but your doors are closed if you're not putting out content people are not going to come in and, and and look at you so very very good points we we had a follow up question on the the resume from Yamini who's saying good point if possible can you share how to market the POC on a resume do you think POCs are looked at by companies uh yes uh if i take my company as an example we definitely see some POCs uh, we have hired recently 3 to 4 people because they were able to develop some application and they just sent us that specific application uh, a working mm -hmm. application and we hired them directly because they were able to package the entire analytics solution together now regarding POCs and all i'll definitely make a video uh, in my youtube channel i have done that you know how to represent a POC things and all like recently i created a face recognition attendance system okay just just a POC project an end to end POC project and i told them that okay include this kind of projects and some of the subscribers who had included that uh, in the interview they had asked regarding that same thing you know mm -hmm. they needed to understand how it was implemented so yes uh, with respect to the resume also i can show them poc probably in some of my uh, youtube live sessions yes. okay yeah i remember when um when i was actually looking around for data science roles and and sort of interviewing i put together a very brief resume and i remember i put a really big headline on top that said obsessed with data science and it actually attracted a lot of uh, a lot of potential employers because they're like we don't care that you don't know sql yet right we don't care that you can't really you know write write code to save your life but because you're obsessed with it we we want to teach you right so i think showing that you're passionate about something can also go a long way it probably won't help you with the automatically you know a tracking system that's going to eat your profile eat your resume and spit out some data um but it it could be powerful maybe on your linkedin profile as well if you want to use something yeah. creative like that. Yeah. Amazing. Um okay, there was a question here from Chakradhar who's saying what is the best way to make a transition into data science for non-IT people? Okay, first of all, uh, definitely this 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 kind of videos I've made a lot in my YouTube channel. Why I'll tell you because uh, first of all, first point to non-IT people I want to definitely say that stop listening to others. some people who say that you will not be able to make a transition probably into analytics solution you can become a data analyst easy okay now non it people are those people who work uh, like who are non programmers i'll say okay who are non programmers but they are working in some some domain some 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 field which is very much important that domain knowledge is very much important you know and if you now learn programming if you learn the techniques of data science if you learn the techniques of data analysis or if you learn any business intelligence tools also you'll be able to use your domain knowledge into this right so what i would suggest is that never listen to others who say that you cannot make a switch i i have seen i'm going to make a video tomorrow in this last uh, kit i'll just say in this last 3 months there are more than 10 people who have communicated to me who are non programmers who have made a successful switch to data science i'm not talking about data analysis also to data science and now they are successfully working over there so the main thing is that uh, you really need to focus on your domain knowledge you need to focus on learning data science technique properly your previous experience will also be very very handy 
that is what i really want because domain expertise is the main thing in uh, in a data science uh, field whenever you're working in any project without domain experience you cannot trust me you cannot uh, when i was working because of the bad domain expertise people we have like literally three projects got failed when i was working in the real world industry wow. yeah I, I i actually think i ran a poll at some point on linkedin whether it's more difficult for a data scientist to learn to get domain expert experience or somebody who's coming you know, let's say from finance who wants to become a data scientist. And for the most part, people said it's it's easier to pick up the data science skills than it is to get that domain experience and understanding of kind of what the problems are in that space, because it tends to take longer. It's it's less defined, right? There's no textbook that says, oh, here are all the business problems that you can face in, in, in finance world. You kind of have to be on the ground and working. So very, very good point. I, I hope that motivates some, some of the non data folks um, to let them know that you can still make it. Uh, don't listen to others, as Chris said. So, um, the, the, the other question I had for you on, on, in terms of resumes, we keep talking about soft skills and how they're very important. You know, communication skills are very important. Um, it's it's more it's usually easier for the technical folks to learn all the technical skills. But how do we learn those communication skills? And then how do we actually showcase that we're good communicators on our resume? Okay. Now, as we say that, yes, definitely some of the technical skills we must learn. And there are also some non-technical skills we must learn. One is with respect to data storing skills, you know, the, sorry, data storytelling, you know, how do you tell regarding your, uh, the project that you have actually done? Because this is the most important thing in an interview. Okay. If someone asks you, tell me about yourself, what you have done in your company, what you have done in your previous company, you should be able to tell them like how you have actually implemented the entire project, right? And this for this communication skills is a very important thing and which I see many people lacking that they are knowledgeable. They know anything you can, you just tell them any technical solution. They'll try to implement it as soon as possible. But when they, when it comes to representing their idea in front of a people, uh, they are not able to do it. And this is very much important. You have to represent your idea in front of the stakeholders then only you will be considered an actual data scientist because you are able to find out some solutions right uh it's not like you're just a, like a developer as a data scientist a data scientist does many work you know analyzing understanding telling the stakeholders giving a lot of reports to the stakeholders what conclusion they are coming up with and i i really want to talk about one more point many people think data science is all about model building you know machine learning model building no it is not about that you really need to do a lot of things. You need to convince the stakeholder why you're going to this particular approach. If you're not able to convince, that project will go for five to six years and you'll be still working over there and you'll not be able to learn anything. That is the thing that I really want to convey. Yeah, completely agree with everything you said. And just a follow-up question is how can data scientists learn these soft skills? How can how can you know how can they become better at communicating? Is it just practice or are there are there tools out there that they can go and you know resources that they can refer to. So I I I I'll just tell out my way. Uh, before I used to not speak this much, like how I'm speaking it right now. You know, I used to shiver when I used to talk or give a presentation in front of everyone. Definitely, YouTube helped me out. One way is YouTube channel. Try to create videos. Uh, try to like blogs. When you're writing blogs, the words that you'll bring up, right, in explaining a specific thing, definitely, and try to make a one friend. Who will never laugh on your mistakes you know so that you just try to go and pitch your idea in front of him 
he should not make a he should not laugh at you instead he should support you so those kind of friends are also required in this field so that you will be able to practice along with them but teaching is one important skill that i would suggest if you really want to improve your data storytelling skills so definitely if i am able to uh, if i am able to teach a topic in data science i am able to make them understand make people understand yeah then you can understand that this is the most important skill that you require right now thank you so much for that we have two uh two questions that are somewhat on the same topic so i'll read them both out one from rakesh um is are internships important for data for getting data science jobs as uh, beginners and what are your thoughts on paid versus unpaid internships okay so if i talk about internship for a fresher specifically now still um what i feel is that unless in, in india you have a lot of different different tier colleges like tier a college tier one colleges tier two colleges and so if you are from tier 1 probably tier 2 uh, there are companies which are coming to hire in your college to directly put you in data science role and all specifically people who are from tier 3 colleges they provide the companies usually come for software engineering kind of jobs unless and until they don't have a specific requirement they'll not hire you but for a fresher uh, definitely see data science work is pretty much difficult okay uh, why i'm saying you difficult because you require a lot of knowledge and i have seen that yes many freshers will not be given a data science role at the initial time itself but yes if a company has seen that you have done some kind of internship from any other companies when you are still in college or probably after you pass out from your college they will have more confidence uh take mm. i'll just give you one uh, one statistic that we have 40 people in ineuron so it is a team of 40 people more than 20 people um uh, are freshers who are given as junior data science role why they were given because they had already an experience of internship from somewhere mm. probably from my neuron from somewhere you know they had done some specific kind of internship and we hired them because we could see some kind of things that they were very much passionate to do something so what i would suggest is that internship you should try to get as soon as possible probably whenever you are you are in a college days itself uh, yeah. that will be very much handy that will actually add your experience in your uh, resume itself with respect to that and the other thing with respect to paid versus unpaid internship uh see um the thing is that with respect to paid versus unpaid yes i've seen many companies giving unpaid internship uh, also and many people do it just to get some experience uh, which usually people say that uh, for a fresher you require at least this many years of experience right so yeah. uh, i've seen that uh, but uh, what i would try to see is say is that in this situation you should try to uh, tell the recruit or tell the company that yes you deserve this you need to get a paid internship because you are able to work this much you know this much knowledge you will be able to contribute to this many projects that is what i would like to suggest uh, otherwise it is no necessary to fight with the company and they try to hire someone else uh, instead of convincing them how about from your personal experience did you have internships um and were they paid or unpaid if you if you're willing to share no, no. that so if we are see we have courses uh, like in ineuron we have courses along with the courses we have included internship okay if that in if in that internship and that internship is somewhere around 2 to 3 months if they perform well in that internship we give them additional 6 months internship and we pay them there because mm-hmm. we need to see whether a candidate is able to do or not and in right. our company we definitely pay all the interns you know yeah. so as soon as they complete the course like that mm-hmm. that's really great thank you for sharing that uh kind of shifting gears uh with rohan he's asking do you recommend a masters in data science so uh with respect to this question like uh, it depends uh, on two things like what is your main interest whether you want to go with research right mm-hmm. probably after a specific degree 
you can definitely become a citizen data scientist okay there is a difference between a citizen data scientist and probably a data scientist a citizen data scientist basically solves the business use cases with all the algorithms that are already been developed okay like mm -hmm. uh, what most of the data scientists are trying to do it in the companies probably a classification regression supervised unsupervised problem statement they're trying to solve right but if you're planning to go for research definitely go for masters go for phd you know because there are so many research paper that are coming up on day to day basis right and definitely it depends on your financial condition also uh, i had also planned to go for higher studies but i could not because of financial conditions i had to stop here but i fulfilled my dream through this particular way you know that's it i i had a similar journey it wasn't in data science it was actually finance and and business where i I just graduated uh, my undergrad and decided I wanted to get an MBA. And I, I took one semester, I got into a school I did, that I wanted. I took one semester and decided that I already have a job. What's the point of this? And I kind of didn't didn't go through with it. Um, but I know if you want to specialize in something, like you mentioned, I think a master's could be beneficial, but I'm pretty sure you could get a job these days without, um, yeah. I think experience a lot of times trumps uh, your your degree. So it depends. Companies are, are shifting. Um, all right. A question here from Amarnath. So learning data science, doing academic projects and building data science portfolio. Um, he's confused to make a decision on the target role. Do you have a suggestion? So I guess what should be what should be the, the target role here? Okay. Now, many people should not get confused by the roles also that are provided in data science industry, you know? Sometimes you may get a software engineering job, but the work that you'll be doing with will be with respect to data science project. It is not like you'll not be doing data science project. Now, why this kind of roles comes? Because it is the company pattern, you know, so that they'll be able to give the promotion. They'll be able to uh, continue that support of the hierarchy that they have actually kept in the company. So um, unless and until you're satisfied with the work, you should not worry about the roles. That is what I Yes, mean. I think there. I, I have a personal theory here where job titles and role descriptions sometimes vary for different reasons, right? You might have a data science job with uh, maybe a data analyst job description, and that's to attract individuals. And then sometimes they flip it where it's a data analyst job with data science description. Um, and that I think is sometimes for companies to get to pay you less than they would if the job title was data scientist. So I, I, I definitely always recommend like forget the job title and look at the role description and see what exactly will you be doing day to day. And is that, you know, are those your goals and will those skill sets help you progress in your career? Um, let's see, question, we have so many questions here. Um, March is asking, what type of projects uh, do you recommend for data analysts, data scientists? Should he uh, focus on learning artificial intelligence, deep learning, are those, are those aspects important? So, um see uh, with respect to the projects uh, try to consider taking an interesting domain uh, problem statement you know probably a finance probably e-commerce retail sales and uh, uh, whether it is with respect to data analyst or data scientist data analyst you should know what all activities or work that a data analyst specifically do you know probably analyzing the data creating some business reports providing it to the stakeholder that all things can be done as an, a data analyst, but with respect to a data scientist, nowadays data scientists, both machine learning and deep learning are very important. You really need to learn deep learning also because nowadays the competition is very, very much high, you know? So companies are looking at people who knows both machine learning and deep learning. And uh, whichever domain you have actually selected, if you're trying to do with machine learning also, see if there is a uh, 
if you can actually also do with the deep learning also and provide all the performance metrics that you have actually calculated with respect to the things you have actually done okay that is what i would like to suggest but always remember focus on the domain project okay it is not like any project you know i'll i'll tell you what 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 had happened in my previous company i got a resume where people had written titanic dataset project in their resume just imagine what should i do with that so that that i don't think that happened from about you can yeah <laughs> so i asked him what 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 you are going to do with this use case you know what what is the thing that you did in this no no it was just a practice project why you have written this in your resume i just asked him yeah yeah i think people want to showcase that they've done something that they know something but i think i think that um that titanic one is a good way for people maybe to learn the skills but then take those skills and apply them like you said to a specific domain project um we've we've got a really interesting question here what is the secret of your energy to build videos provide training in your organization and update uh, knowledge how do you manage time efficiently i can't wait to hear this myself uh now with respect to the specific question i really like to share knowledge uh, i really love data science i really love to learn things i really like to share this specific knowledge which is with respect to data science so uh, if you tell me to create 10 videos in a day i'll definitely do it if you tell me to create uh, you know probably complete a course within 5 days every day teaching 8 8 hours i can definitely do that so it is the kind of work that i'm doing it really uh, motivates me provides me a lot of energy so without drinking any red bull i can actually take classes for 3 to 4 hours not a problem for me so you don't drink red bull that's not a, that's not your secret then no 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 red bull just <laughs> uh so so we were talking about roles uh, a couple minutes ago so and there is a question from rakesh can you tell the basic differences between some of the roles like junior data scientist senior data scientist so with respect to roles uh, i'll talk about roles in an entire data science project so let me start with requirement gathering so in requirement gathering a domain expert person a product owner and a business analyst will write down the requirements jot it down and forward it to the data analytics team now mm-hmm. there in the data analytics teams you have data analysts you have data scientists you have big data engineers you have senior data scientists you have lead data scientists you have analytics manager Analytics manager is the person who is handling all of them. Finally, and this is also a very rare role. Analytics manager, right now, it is the highest paid role, probably because there you need to have the knowledge of everything. A big data engineer cannot come and say that, okay, for this work, I may probably take three weeks when it, it can be done in one week. So yeah. that time, the analytics manager will definitely argue and tell that no, you are just making me a fool. You can do it in one week. So that kind of role uh, and work usually a data analytics, uh, uh, sorry, data analytics manager usually do. now considering this what i would suggest is that uh, if you consider a junior data scientist a data scientist and senior data you sh- you will be revolving mostly on the life cycle of a data science project as a junior data scientist you will be giving you will be given less roles and responsibilities like uh, probably you'll just be focusing on one pipeline like uh, feature engineering as a senior data scientist you probably need to lead the entire pipelines you need to help the data the junior data scientist data scientist probably or uh, data analyst you need to help them so this kind of roles usually fluctuates with respect to the roles and responsibility but in many companies nowadays data and data scientist needs to do everything okay <laughs> i have done it uh, probably trust me in my previous company project uh, there were only two data scientists uh, one was junior data scientist i was the senior data scientist over there i had to do all the work in short so senior data scientist basically has to do everything that's uh, <laughs> that's what we summed it up and the 
the more junior folks can focus on different sides of um, pieces of that pipeline, right? Yeah. Awesome, thank you. Um, so Walid has a question here. Should you start with roles like data analyst and then move up step-by-step step to the data scientist role, or should you just move towards a specific data science role? I'm assuming data scientist is the, the ultimate target here. Okay, now if you're a non-technical person, non-programming background, I think you can take this specific path. First go towards data analyst and then to data science. But if you're already from programming background, going towards data scientist will also be fine. Why I'm saying for non-technical, non-programming background, because you need to learn programming properly. You need to understand what you are actually trying to provide to the stakeholders. So that the transition from a non-technical background to data analyst will actually help you to do that. You know, after that, when you're comfortable with all these things, you are you will become a very good friend of the data that you see. You know, when you're good at that, then you can play around with the data towards data science. Okay, thank you. Yeah, we actually have another question on roles here. I know these roles sometimes get so fuzzy in people's minds. So uh, the difference between a machine learning engineer and data scientist. So machine learning engineer is pretty much focused towards, um, you know, doing the deployments of the models in the cloud efficiently. Uh, they probably will be having knowledge of multiple cloud platforms, let it be AWS, Azure, Heroku, multiple platforms. They'll be focused in creating a CI-CD pipelines. But whereas as a data scientist, I told you, nowadays they put you in anything. So you can actually work as an ML engineer also, in short. Yeah. Oh, look, it's a data scientist. Let's just give him everything, right? <laughs> yeah, like that. A uh, question from Shruti here. Um, she's doing a machine learning internship and she's asking, do you think this will add value to her resume yeah. if she adds it? Definitely, it will add, you know, <laughs> if you're doing a research internship, definitely all this kind of experience will add. People will not stop writing even they have written a single line of blog also, right? They'll put that thing in their resume also. So why not? You're done, you're doing some amazing work, right? So they should come. Yeah, I think speaking of, of resumes, do you think there's such a thing as kind of putting on too much? I, I've seen individuals who have maybe one or two years of experience and they'll have like a three page resume because they're so good at highlighting all of their achievements. Like, oh, I wrote a blog here, here's the title. And it takes up more space. And then it's like this nice three page resume. Do you think that's overkill? No, I think uh, one to two page should be sufficient. Uh, like this, if I if I go with respect to 10 years experience, will I write each and every project to become a 10 pages resume? I think one to two pages is more than sufficient. You should be smart and, enough and to actually put all your experience within that one to two pages of resume. Yeah, and I was going to say, sometimes if you have, let's say, that three-page resume, maybe for yourself to track kind of what you've been up to, do you think it makes sense when you're applying to a specific job to pull from that resume just the relevant factors and yeah. maybe leave some stuff out? Um, maybe that yeah. Titanic project, right? Maybe leave that one out and include yeah. something else. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, many people do that, you know, and that is the right point that, Everybody should actually follow that approach itself, you know. Probably research about that specific company a little bit and then try to prepare your resume. Mm -hmm. It will also work out. Okay, so let's say we built the best resume, we followed all the best practices, and now we have our very first interview. Yay, so exciting, it's at our dream job. What are your tips for this individual who is interviewing for the very first time, they've maybe never interviewed in their life for anything before? What are some best practices and tips that you have? The main secret of an interview is that to convince the recruiter, you know how to work. Okay. Now I will definitely go with the, suppose if I go for the interview, trust me, uh, this particular question, tell me about yourself. This has derived my entire interview. 
ஒர்க்ஸ் Like I told, I gave him a problem statement that this was the problem statement, and because of this, I was facing. Then he told, "How did you solve it?" Then I started telling about all the methodology that I followed in order to solve that particular problem. I was pretty much impressed. Then he told, "Okay, continue. What happened after that?" So I derived the entire interview. I told the recruiter unknowingly that I am good at this, so you also follow along with me. Don't ask anything other than that, right? And this is the best way to clear the interview. Trust me, three interviews. just in yeah. this question i have derived it okay and i usually tell everyone to follow this particular approach it works out and recently many people many freshers many te- non technical people have also cleared by just following this approach wow that's yeah i never thought of it like that that's a it's a really good way to kind of lead your interviewer into the direction that you want to go and versus them asking you questions of you know what's your biggest weakness oh god i hate that question so <laughs> Um okay and then as part of the interview do you think you should ask questions of the person who's hiring um ask questions regarding the person you are hiring you say no no meaning let's say i'm a data science i want to work for you right should i ask you questions maybe at the end of the interview a lot of times they say well do you have any questions for me yeah you have so i i suggest that just ask them like what kind of work they are doing uh, what kind of roles they are actually looking at if they get hired what kind of work they will be telling us by this also you'll come to know whether you're hired or not they'll say that okay if you're hired probably they'll provide some description you have to work in this this team this team that team you know they'll they'll give a positive response if your interview has gone otherwise okay. just say that we are working on this 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 thank you that's it <laughs> so yes. there we can understand yeah right. i i always ask them how long they've been with the company and kind of get kind of what do you like you about working here sometimes they they really open up um, and and get yeah. personal because they also want to talk about themselves everyone wants to talk about themselves whether they admit it or not it's it's human nature um okay thank you for that so question here from amina should i mention only real projects or maybe some research projects as well um as a potential employee both both can be mentioned as i said when you do a research project it is more like a poc proof of mm-hmm. concept you are definitely defining a module probably that module has not been integrated and gone into live but yes that poc also counts so mm-hmm. they can actually mention both all right and then i remember so we talked about junior data scientists and senior data scientists and kind of the differences between those two how do you think a junior data scientist can progress their career into a senior data science position let's say they have 3 4 years of experience at a lower level and now they really want promotion or maybe you want to hop to a different company um to to do that type of work so i'll tell my example i became a data scientist to a senior data scientist after 2 years probably in that 2 years i had worked in four different domain so mm-hmm. as you go on working in multiple domain then you will be able to lead a specific team whether you have the domain knowledge or not because you know the approach how you are going to solve that specific problem So my thing is that try to cover up more and more projects with respect to different domain and how they are actually solving that particular project. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, and I know. So you mentioned working across different domains. What which areas did you work in? 
I worked in finance. I've also written a book on finance. Uh, I've worked in e-commerce. I've worked in logistic domain also. Like uh, my task was basically to help the company logistic team to procure raw materials for the upcoming six months. Mm -hmm. You know, so raw material were basically with respect to tea crops. Okay, so this was the use case. Like for the upcoming six months, how much you need to procure so that uh, you know it should not go into waste. Also, so a kind of forecasting you can say. Right, so those kind of activities. That was a large domain uh, use case. Uh, apart from that, yes, uh, as I said, finance and e-commerce was one of them. Mm -hmm. So across those domains, did you feel like you were able to leverage your, I guess, your experience and your skill sets easily across those domains? Just having to learn the maybe the the specific problems. Initially, it will be very very difficult. Definitely, you right. need to have a good domain expertise person also over there. You know, okay. we basically say them as a product owner. You know, they'll be handling the project from past ten years, so they'll be able to tell us like what all things are there or not. And you need mm -hmm. really need to be a good friend of them. You know, when you're really working into a data science uh, project, right? You really need to be a very good friend of domain expertise problem. Probably go for a beer and all, go out with them. You know, try to become the closest mates. You know, then only you'll be able to successfully implement the project itself. I guess you can get a virtual beer these days. Sure, maybe do a Zoom call yeah. at least, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Moving on to Walid. So, if you had to choose the top three skills for overall data science roles, what would they be? Um, <clears throat> skills, uh, uh, probably. Uh, let me talk about this. Like right now, NLP and vision is really amazing. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of use cases are coming up with that. NLP vision definitely these are the top two skills I'd suggest. Uh, if you're planning to learn machine learning or deep learning, always focus on these two skills. Third one can be anything you can pick up uh, anything as such. But NLP vision is must. A lot of use skills. A lot of companies have just created a simple product that is working on NLP engine completely. So I suggest okay. to go with that. All right, thank you. All uh, right, question here. Um, what software would you advocate for data analysis? I guess what do you what are you more comfortable with? So uh, programming languages probably Python R uh, R is a good programming language for data analysts. Probably use some business intelligence tool like Tableau, Power BI. Uh, mm -hmm. Probably with some kind of databases like SQL, NoSQL, MongoDB. All these mm -hmm. kind of things can be very very handy uh, when you're working with, as a data analyst. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Um, Let's see. Ravid's just here saying hi. So, says says you're sharing gold. I agree. I know we're going pretty fast and we're getting through as many questions as I as we can. So I, I appreciate you just kind of answering every single thing I throw at you. Um, question here from Satya: Do we need to mention end-to-end -end ML projects in our resume? I think we started off with that. Um, yeah. So maybe maybe Satya missed the beginning of it. If you want to reiterate some of the what what was said in the beginning. Yeah, so they have to do it end-to-end projects is required. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think it's definitely powerful to to showcase that you can take a project from from the beginning to the end. It also I think allows you maybe as a beginner to get an understanding of which area you want to focus in and specialize because a lot of times at bigger companies you you won't be able to take projects end-to-end. -end. You'll be part of the process, right? So I I think it will at least expose you to what everybody else is working on. 
Uh, Amina's question, at the beginning of your data science career, do you recommend focusing on one subject of, of a bunch such as recommender systems, NLP, what do you suggest? No, as, as, as a beginner, you really need to learn all the techniques probably. And at mm -hmm. the end, you should basically come up with a conclusion which you are actually interested in. You know, mm -hmm. probably you want to go just with NLP or vision, but initially you really need to know everything. <clears throat> Great. Um, Ravid has a question for you here. So who has been your inspiration be behind iNeuron.ai and what's, what's, what's to come next in the company? See, uh, the inspiration behind starting iNeuron.ai is basically affordable education. You know, we really need to go ahead with affordable education. And uh, what we had seen, uh, people, <clears throat> people lack a lot of end-to-end -end projects. And that is what we are trying to cover in iNeuron. We are developing so many products, so many end-to-end -end projects, and we are giving it to the students of ours who will be, who are actually able to do it and also be able to make a successful career transition. And apart from this, as you know, that data science courses are usually very costly. So yeah. because of that, we are bringing up that affordable uh, courses, uh, you know, where we are giving live sessions probably for six months in just yeah. $20, $30, $40 dollars like that so that many people will be able to use that particular opportunity. That's an amazing opportunity because these days, I mean, yes, there are YouTube channels and there's so many resources online, but I think to package things up and actually deliver live sessions at such a low cost, I think that's such a great service to the community. And I'm sure that's why you have so many people, you know, so many fans here saying you're an inspiration. And a lot of people commented that they've been using those courses to, to get into the space and to learn more. So that's that's really great. Hope you know. Wish you all the best with with your journey because it, it looks like you're doing really great work there. Um, a question here from Sohib: uh, Tableau or Power BI? Quick, 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 pick one. What's your favorite? Uh, my favorite uh, probably is Tableau. I've also worked with uh, Power BI. It depends on the company. See, suppose if your company is going with Azure, I think they will probably yeah. use Power BI because it is an Azure, Azure product. So it depends on cloud platforms also. Uh, probably in one of my previous company, they used Tableau. In some of my mm -hmm. previous company, they used Power BI since the cloud, entire cloud was a Azure. It depends on the company. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree. I personally love all of the data visualization tools. I, that's, that's the area I focus in the most is data visualization, data storytelling. And I've been exploring over 20 different tools that are out there. Um, there there's a tool for everyone. And I think it all depends on what you're comfortable with, what you're used to, they are very, very similar. And a lot of times, like you said, it depends on what the company is using. Um, so I think once you learn one, it's it's pretty easy to kind of pick up another one. Um, okay, question from Anna Maria. How can you build a project to showcase your SQL skills? Um, <clears throat> probably plan for a web scrapping project. I'll tell you one example. Probably you're going into data science, there is a web scrapping project. You scrap all the data, try to store it in some SQL database, try to pull that data from there, you know, try to create an end-to-end -end application which does like that, try to create a search engine which will pull the data from the SQL. It can be done very easy. All right, thank you. Question from Matt. So he's asking if you've seen any form of age bias or ageism into breaking into data science. So uh, as uh, I'll give you one, one perfect example. Recently, one of our students, uh, I should not say student at least. Uh, he was 20 plus years experience, 20 plus years experience in UK. Is become a director in one of the company who is handling this 
entire AI thing, AI problems. And he was able to do it from the course, right? So as people say, age is just a number. Yes, it is a number. Uh, you cannot limit yourself. Anything that you want to learn, you can definitely learn. Yes, there are some techniques. And remember, a person who is 15 years, 20 years experience probably is into his 45, 46, right? But understand how much experience he has. Probably he has worked in some other domain. How many domains he may have covered, right? That is the most important thing. That is the reason why that specific student became a director, you know? of the entire uh, AI project success. And I think I think it goes the other way as well. We recently uncovered a, a student who just turned 12 years old, and he's this robotics prodigy yes. genius um, that he was also discounted for being too young and maybe, you know, oh, you don't belong in this program. And he basically created his own company. He just graduated high school and college at the same time at the age of 12. So Mike Wimmer, for those who might not uh, know him, definitely look him up as well. So I think I think it goes both ways, and I think it's yeah. all about owning your own future, owning your career, and really learning the skills. You're never too young or too old to to learn these skills. Um, just put your passion in, in into it. So, thank you. Uh, question here from Satiha: What is your opinion in terms of shifting companies? Right. So, do you think people should stick with one company for a long time, or do you think it's okay to kind of hop from one company to another for maybe? increases in salary or opportunities so uh this definitely it's it, it completely depends on you if you're happy with your company if you're happy with the hype that you're getting probably with respect to the work that you are getting if you're getting proper promotions if they're taking care of you definitely stay with that specific company if not mm -hmm. you know that right you know the drill you're definitely you're working 100 percent you're working 120 percent but you're not getting that much respect or that much promotional activities and all probably a hike and all I think you should leave. <clears throat> yeah, I, I remember early in my career, I, I had a job for one year and then I shifted to another job. And exactly in one year, I was asked to go to, to another company. And a few people advised me not to because they're like, oh, then no one's going to hire you. It's, it looks like you're mm -hmm. hopping around. And my husband actually told me that I should not take that advice. He said, clearly, somebody wants to hire you right now. So what are they talking about? They're, you're being offered a job as we speak. And I'm like, yeah. So I was glad that it was, I didn't feel the need to stay there for you know five years because I probably would not have progressed the way I did by by hopping. To yeah, I'll give you in my seven years of experience, probably in my previous seven years of experience, I've switched five companies because I got good good opportunities. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I suggest that if you're getting good opportunities, go for it. Definitely. Yeah, life is too short to just stay somewhere yeah. just because you think you have to stay somewhere unless you really like it. And sometimes within a company, you can stay twenty years and have twenty different jobs because they allow you that flexibility to learn and grow. And, and yeah. others like to have that one job for 20 years. And that's that's fine as well. I think it's go with, uh, what, with your preference. Um, all right, a uh, question here from Ravit. Can't wait to hear this. Your three favorite YouTubers. OK, uh, so uh, one is an Indian guy. Uh, his name is Code with Harry. OK, okay. Uh, probably he, he uploads every technology uh, probably videos in his YouTube channel. Okay, and uh, definitely like so many videos. Uh, I, I just I just saw his YouTube channel. Like it's like overall IT experience in just in one fellow, right? He knows CSS, he knows HTML, he knows machine learning, he knows everything. So everything was covered over there. Uh, probably second person is uh, uh, the YouTube channel Sent Dex. Uh, so I, I also like his channel. Uh, probably have heard of. And third is uh, Corey Shaffer. So um, Corey Shaffer YouTube channel is also pretty much amazing. So three favorite YouTube. Yeah, 
data okay. uh, the question was three favorite data scientists right three youtubers three favorite youtubers Sorry. yeah, yeah. so this three this this three uh, people are my favorite youtubers there was another question about three favorite data scientists so you're right <laughs> i just that's not the one no, I, I was I, I thought i was talking about okay three favorite data scientists definitely uh my uh, company ceo sudanshu kumar uh, is an amazing guy with respect to the knowledge that he actually has and again like uh, uh, i'm not talking about the education thing and all but yes uh, he has that much amount of knowledge where he is implementing so many things as such um mm -hmm. data scientist more if i talk about uh, uh, other two no favorite as such but yes uh, i like to consider i have a good amount of friends uh, who are good data scientists uh, who are able to help me out uh, whenever i have some kind of queries it's not like i know everything you know sometimes i also lack in some of the thing and definitely we need to take the help of friends and all great all right so speaking of favorites uh what are some of your favorite books that you would recommend i guess we can keep it in data science or if you have favorite books that are maybe outside of this field as well feel free to recommend um so recommending some books is with respect to oreilly publication um, they have some amazing books uh, let it be machine learning deep learning data science uh, again, I'll not talk about just uh, authors and all, but probably most of the books that they actually come up in their pub publication, it is pretty much amazing. I think they can follow O'Reilly, and they have uh, some amazing subscription plan also, um, mm -hmm. you know, which which is basically yearly plan where you'll be able to access every book that they have. And did you mention that you wrote a book as well? Yeah, yeah. So it was long back. Now the copies are not available because it has been outdated. You know, so probably I need to take out time and write the new version itself. Well, you're so passionate. It would probably take you three, four hours, right, to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a lot of things to do, I guess, nowadays. Uh, I have to handle a company now, so. Yeah, I understand. Great. Okay, question from Amina. Uh, if you want to start building an assistant, do you recommend starting from scratch or using a tool such as Rasa that will provide some pre-trained models? So, uh, if you are basically in terms of learning something, I think. Uh, Developing from scratch should be an option, but in companies, you know, whenever you are trying to solve this kind of problem statements, what they do is that uh, they usually create it from scratch. It is good to know from scratch, but yes, definitely, if you want to use some kind of tools, Rasa is one amazing tool. You also have some tools with respect to uh, provided by AWS, uh, Google Dialogflow, and all those tools are also very, very good. But for in terms of learning, I feel uh, you have to go from scratch for the first time, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, well, it's asking, so back when we were talking about switching jobs, so once switching too many companies in a short span of time put a bad impression on your resume, and how would you explain this to interviewers? You just have to say the interviewers that you've got some amazing opportunities, uh, uh, and you have to convince them, like, uh, you know, they may be thinking, okay, you may again uh, switch after probably one year after working in this company. No, you should tell them that, no. This is the activities that I probably did. I got this specific opportunities, this much hike, so I made a switch. Uh, and again, opportunities should not be left. You know, it, whenever you get an opportunities, you should go ahead with it. That is what you should say then. <laughs> the yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I agree with you. I had one uh, one year jobs, one year jobs, and then at some point I had you know eight and a half year jobs. But within that, I, I shifted my role uh, several times. Right. Um, I think we're, we should probably start wrapping up. I know I told you it'll be 45 minutes. Now we're almost at the hour mark. So 
I want to ask you for some maybe parting advice for those who are trying to break into the data science field where, you know, also let them know where they can go to continue conversations with you. Where can they follow you? Where can they find more of your content? So any parting words here? Okay. So one suggestion that I really want to give to the data science aspirants in short is that uh, first of all, focus on your basics. After completing the basics, focus on completing some end-to-end -end projects. Always make sure that try to share knowledge to the open source community. Try mm -hmm. to improve your storytelling skills. Try to improve. Uh, try to focus more on domain knowledge uh, when you're solving on the projects and all. And yes, if you have any questions, you can follow me in LinkedIn. Uh, you can drop a message. Uh, I usually reply then. Uh, but again, nowadays there's so many messages still pending in my LinkedIn ID, so I'm not able to do it. But I'll try to reply them in LinkedIn. And definitely, apart from that, I usually come every day. I upload videos in YouTube. You can also drop your questions there. Great. Um, and Chris, you're, you're getting a, a lot more questions coming in on LinkedIn. So if you do have time to hop in, I, I'll send you the link. If you want to go in and actually answer some of those questions, definitely uh, feel free. Yeah, 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 I'll send you a link. Whenever you have time, if you do, you know, I'll, I'll let you know yep. where to find those. But at this point, I, I really want to thank you for all the time that you took to share your, your knowledge, your expertise with us here today and for taking all the questions that I threw your way. So I really appreciate that. No problem. Thank you. Awesome. And thank you so much for everybody who's tuned in. Just a one very quick plug before I wrap up the session. We have the Dedicated Conference coming up, a free event. If anybody wants to join, go to dedicated.com slash conference to, to learn more about that. It's, it's a two-day event also hosted on uh, LinkedIn Live and YouTube and all these other platforms. And on that note, thank you again, uh, Krish, and thank you those who, who joined us. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Kate. Bye-bye.